and we are live with episode 23 today of living the guy life and today we have cody stokes on owner and founder of dive bomb industries we're gonna dig into his story on how it all started and what really became of dive bomb and what it is today um dig into a few more things about you know how did he come up with the design what made him sell silhouettes and it's just a super fun conversation to listen to so i hope you guys enjoy it all right we're here with living the guide life podcast episode 23 today and today we have cody stokes on the owner and founder of dive bomb industries with us and he is going to chat a little bit about what it's like hunting where he's at i know he's been creating some habitat um down on one of his properties i saw on his instagram and then also about dive bomb and what they do and how it all really started so cody how are we doing today uh, fantastic fantastic thanks for having me on yeah it's a blast i'm super excited yeah yeah so what's it uh i noticed on your instagram like your stories and stuff you're like doing something with building water or something sure. like that sure so uh, my father has a has 160 acres pretty much undeveloped uh in it's really not in a major flight line uh, around this area um, basically, basically the major major flight line areas are so packed with uh, with money and flooded corn and impoundments and so on, and yeah. so forth. It's uh, it's overcrowded number one, and it's really really expensive. Um, so, I've got one that's a little off the beaten path. It's still it's close to the confluence where the Missouri and the Mississippi meet, but totally undeveloped. So we went in there and. Uh, took the grades or slopes put some berms in different places and then finally punched in a well okay uh, and then we took that uh, took the well and ran it uh, uh thousand thousand feet to the northwest so we've got three flood uh three uh three valves on it uh, uh control water levels and about five or six different pools so they're just moist they're moist soil units so you basically flood them flood them in the summer drain them down and then uh the good plants come up, whether it be smartweed, millet, and whatnot, and uh, go in in late summer or, or uh, early fall and go in and, and mow in some holes, put the water on them, and you've got duck habitat. So that's pretty. There's sweet. a lot of yeah. There's so there's got you've got corn, which is like a, you know a, a high high energy type food for ducks, what they'll eat in the winter. We're really cold and then you got more moist soil units. So this is moist soil. Moist soil, if you manage if you manage your water and your ground correctly, should just come up naturally, which is very cool. So Okay. Uh, very cost effective. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, just uh it's hobby stuff. It's real close to the warehouse too. It's about twenty five 25 minute drive from the warehouse so nice. head out early or weather comes you could be there in just uh you know split second and then my experience with a little bit of water i had on it last year from the well is man when they get in there they get in there real tight and comfortable so be hidden well and man these ballards will finish you know 10 feet from your actual feet or if not on top of you so very very cool and that style of hunting around st louis is very very hard to come by it's all big spreads permanent spreads pits you know lots of sky blasting going on big time competition <laughs> so yeah. this is like a tiny this would this is what would be like a tiny little prairie pothole somewhere in the middle of nowhere but actually in like 
the greater metropolis of St. Louis. So it's very, very unique and cool. That's, so, that's awesome. And then you'll be yeah. able to, are you going to be able to hunt those pools this year? Oh yeah. So they're, they're flooded right now. The way that, the way the ducks typically work around here with all the pressure they have is, you know, you get, you get your weather days, obviously you pound them on weather days. And yeah. shortly thereafter, those ducks are fresh, but man, I'm telling you two, two, three days, maybe two days after weather, the ducks just don't move. The only yeah. time, the only time they'll move is at night, uh, or if they're pushed off of something, and it's just uh, they're, they're nocturnal. So it's wild though, because we're Saint, we're in St. Louis, so we're on the east, eastern side of the state, or basically the east side of the state. Yeah. If you go west, if you get to Columbia, which is central Missouri, and then northwest Missouri, which is Sumner, Fountain Grove, Swan Lake, yep. and the birds, the birds just act totally different out west because of the lack of pressure. So a lot of a lot of the guys that want to finish birds, they've headed headed north or, or west to, to those style of places. So okay yeah yeah fair enough that sounds pretty cool and uh so how did you get started with all dive bomb and all hunting and all that kind of good stuff sure so i uh i was hunting with uh my mother mother and father divorced my mother was with a, with a guy who owned a club in st louis i think i was 13 14 he'd come and pull me out of school and uh, on the weather days and we'd go hunt his club together and then for christmas he got my first greenhead mounted for me and so on and so forth and then uh i shot a lot of skeet and trap with my father and my grandfather and those two uh when i went to mizzou i started shooting some trap and skeet there and the group of kids that did that they were they were big time into hunting so we all kind of grouped up and went to the public places yeah and man it just took over uh took over my life we basically spent almost every day at duck season trying to draw in and eat eagle bluffs grab grand pass and then after that uh after college started hunting and uh, around here and there were some geese we were chasing in chesterfield valley and we just didn't have money and didn't have space to put out a big full body spread so yeah. created my own silhouette uh sold them on craigslist and they sold like crazy and then built a website put some magazine ads up and then got into social media and that's that's how it started just a just a little uh little i guess hobby type company you'd call it that's awesome yep that is awesome yeah because now you got all the mallard floaters and all different types of silhouettes and everything you came out with the new uh v2s uh yeah so we have so the v2 canada is our is our basically our uh, our benchmark or like uh standard canada goose decoy so before we had the v2 we had basically the, it was just the canada silhouette yeah and it was it was um really really just a basic photo that we printed it wasn't enhanced the whites weren't pure white the blacks weren't pure blacks and material was quite a bit softer and there there's some changes we made and, and basically the die cut or the outline of it to make them stronger so the next week we uh we joined together in places um anyway they're just before the v2 there was just a standard model so v is basically stands for version and like an engineering world yeah and then v v also is basically synonymous for how geese and ducks fly so we're like hey that's perfect rather than a rev or whatever else so v2 canada silhouette and then thereafter we came up with the v2 f v2 f f standing for flock 
and we've got a V2 sleeper, V2F sleeper, and the latest version of our new silhouette is called the V2A. Yeah. And the A stands for the alternate positions, which are basically, I'd like to think of them as like a supplementary or complementary package to what we offer in our Canada silhouette. So there's there a forward-facing chest front, uh, one basically bull uh, or big chested, breasted, upright male that looks like he just landed. Yeah. Uh, a double position, both quartering forward, uh, feeding forward, and then like a, like a resting forward kind of position. So they complement the regular set really, really well. They've been a smashing success so far. So yeah and then and then i think i think i counted the other day because i lost track we have about 27 27 or 28 different uh models of decoy which is just crazy <laughs> yeah that's insane yep and floaters uh mallard floaters right now honker floaters will probably be out this will be out this spring pintails come the summer okay and uh there's a lot more stuff in the works so oh i can imagine mm-hmm. yeah you guys always i'm always falling on asher's little tidbits on uh the facebook group yeah the fan page that thing's crazy yeah there's a ton of people on that like yep that thing is blown up very very loyal loyal and fun following on that thing i don't know if you saw that uh, saw the calling contest we had on it but the pulling feathers podcast he's he went on and, and called in a, in a g-string which is pretty wild yeah so <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i've seen i've seen a lot of the videos some of the guys post on there and it's it's super funny like you yeah. love to see it and mm-hmm. yeah no that's awesome and then yeah i talked to uh, um the guys at the other guys outfitters yesterday about your uh 100k giveaway and how you guys are gonna go rip over there with forest or oh yeah so doing we're doing uh uh front range we're doing uh paradise planes and then the other guys so there's it's a three it was a three-stop giveaway yeah uh so submit your it was a submit your video using dive bomb 100k hashtag and we reviewed the uh the entrance and picked a winner so that that should be i mean as far as a giveaway goes we did a cold bay alaska one earlier this year which looked incredible yeah but this is this would be an awesome experience i mean you got got uh you got your own plane pilot uh three different outfitters i mean what a trip that's going to be for those guys i'm i'm excited for them yeah no kidding that's incredible and how did you guys get hooked up with the plane and all that kind of stuff because that's so forrest carpenter and i and i had, had always talked or been talking on chatting on instagram and he was contributing photos and, and whatnot he's been probably since the beginning very close to the beginning if not the beginning and uh, he's a great guy and he and i met up at uh, braden Gwenzi's farms in colorado and and uh, he actually flew his grandpa's plane out and we were chatting the blind and the hunting got slow and he said hey let's uh i got my grandpa's plane down the, down the road at the airport let's go let's take it for take it for a flight and i'm like okay fine <laughs> so we jump in this little it's a it's a, a super cub i think it is it's a, the seats are in line so it's a two-seat airplane but they're one in front of the other okay so um he's in front i'm in the back and take off and and we went and and uh went and flew over the refuges and then we went and flew over the spread and we did a slow pass over the spread basically as like a bird would be approaching which was cool as heck yeah and then we did a full speed pass over the top and man i just i thought that was just the coolest 
coolest impromptu experience and you know he and i started talking about it after that and and he's like you know these planes really aren't expensive i could i could gather one and pick one out you know and, and above my piloting skills i know that he's a wonderful photographer great liaison and um uh, and whatnot so basically he found a plane um said go ahead and fly up and take a look at it and bought it uh, he flew it to Alaska for the summer, put the bush tires on it, and he's been our pilot and working for us. Uh, I think is, this is his second year now, so okay. so it's great. Yeah, he can he can fly. Uh, he can fly our guys. He can fly guests or whomever else is a courtesy. And then for marketing, it's wonderful. Yeah. Transportation, it's awesome, and it's just downright cool. So yeah, I so. love watching the when he'll like drop stuff in the middle of spreads. That's that's yeah. one of the coolest things. <laughs> So I think our he and I our original main concept was we were going to do burrito bombs. So it would be basically a basically a drawing for Forrest to come drop breakfast on a group of guys, breakfast <laughs> and whatever else. And it's, it's like you know how are we going to keep the burritos warm? Where am I going to where am I going to get the burritos? You know. Yeah. And so we just kind of we dialed that back to basically an apparel drop. You know, every so often. So. Yeah. yeah. That's that's very sweet. And then mm-hmm. for Asher and. Cade and Nick, how did you guys get all together? So uh, Asher's Asher's my first uh, is 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 uh, I guess you call it. He's the actual first employee of Dive Pop. Oh uh, wow! I never I hadn't. I honestly, I don't know. If, I've never even salaried myself for Dive Pop. I don't think. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Asher Asher came on. He and I were buddies through Instagram once again, and then uh, he had a influencer page called compatriot outdoors he approached me and said hey would you like to trade some posts for some decoys I said sure thing so yeah the dialogue started that way uh, <laughs> i sent him the decoys and um and we basically became friends through that he, he he upheld his end of the deal deal it was really professional and uh, and and great so he and i in talks just uh over the years he's like hey would you ever need any help with your social media platform and i'm like you know what i i need someone to manage it and he's like well let me run it for a couple weeks uh, started off with you know really really you know reasonable play reasonable pay basically almost nothing just to basically prove what he could do yeah and uh, we saw awesome success and he came to me about a month or three months later and said you know i this is awesome you've got something special here uh with that said it is it is a ton of work um so anyway we began, basically started our dialogue that way and negotiated to basically where we are today he runs all uh, marketing and social media and most customer service at this point and uh, he's my basically my right hand man in this endeavor so that's uh he's great that's awesome and then nick nick's uh, an awesome photographer um he and i got together and then and then uh, he and asher went on a trip uh i think to scotland was basically nick's intro or interview okay. of this whole process and he came on full-time photographer and then Cade came from uh from actually inside the industry a local local calling company or call company in arkansas had him uh and he and asher i guess knew each other we're looking for a younger grinder type guy that's wonderful on a camera and had yeah. a big energy and great personality and that's our guy so that's Cade for you that's awesome yep and you guys know uh, oh go keep going no no that's all right i was gonna say you guys have made quite a few trips on like all around the country and everywhere like, i mean the travel schedule pre-covid was just insane so uh we've got a we've got a shared calendar for everyone and uh uh schedule but you know with the covid stuff canada was closed so that kind of 
you know, threw everyone into an audible and they had to scramble and try and book some books some domestic places and whatnot. But yeah, the travel schedule is just absolutely wild. They were Canada. We were planning on going to Argentina, Scotland. They Jeez. already went to Alaska. Um, and, and just all over, you know, North America. So, yeah. So, yeah, travel, travel schedule, visiting outfitters, creating content and stuff. That the face-to-face relationship with outfitters, and influential people, and all that stuff is very, very, very important. There's no substitute for, you know, having dinner with someone or going hunting with someone. And, you know, actually getting to know someone on a personal level goes a long, long ways in the business world. So, yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. And then you guys had that sweet hunt over in New Zealand. How was that? That was the coolest trip ever. That was uh, absolutely phenomenal. The, the scenery over there is just out of this world. If you ever get a chance to go to New Zealand, you've got to go. I mean, we're, I don't know if you've seen Lord of the Rings, but the mountains yeah. in those movies and that, that basically scenery is where we were. They, they call it the South, the South Island uh, and the, the South Alps or Alps in the Southern Island. It was just absolutely incredible. The water was just aqua, pure aqua blue. The mountains snow-capped. Uh, wow. clean as could be huge fish tons of geese and ducks and then the people uh man the people above all they were they were cool they didn't they didn't give a shit about anything to be honest with you. they were <laughs> laid back great yeah. time heard, i think i heard more dirty jokes out of jeff irvine than anyone in my life in about, about a four-day span so uh it sounds like a blast yeah you guys are doing yeah, some it was doing some insane shooting over there yeah, it was awesome. So, so um, I think Teddy Roosevelt brought Rochester geese over to New Zealand in the early, early 1900s or teens or 20s, whenever it may be. Yeah. And uh, New Zealand is funny because I think they actually have like three indig- only three indigenous animals. Paradise, oh, wow. Paradise duck and I don't know, maybe, maybe one or two other things. And everything else you see over there was brought over. And New Zealand doesn't have predators, so when you bring uh, you bring a, uh, an animal over there, it just goes crazy. Yeah. So they brought those geese over, and the geese have practically taken over. I guess taken over. I don't think that they have, but they say they call them a nuisance. It's yeah. Really, not much of uh, there's not a you don't need a license for them over there or anything, but they're giant Canada geese uh, that almost have no predators that you can hunt any day year time uh, day night basically any method you want to lead uh i'm sure you could probably shoot them with a rifle if you wanted to but uh but the cool part is is they're giant canada geese an abundance of them and they decoy and work just like the, the geese do here so it's cool and the scenery is just incredible and there's no limit yeah so that's insane to think about that you could just go yep. do whatever you want yeah, it's it's insane, insanely awesome. So, yeah. yeah, but that's the trip I would go on if I were if I were going to say bucket list, bucket list, just trip in general. That would absolutely be it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I can imagine that'd be insane. It's like, yeah, you could do anything out out there. It's just like shooting pigeons up here. You can do whatever right. you want. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. But yeah, no, and then uh, so who did you guys have out on that trip? You had. You, Asher, and Nick, right? Uh, Asher, Nick, and I went with uh, New Zealanders Jeff Irvine, Hunter Morrow, and then uh, 
our buddy Joe Trundle, who actually moved from the UK to New Zealand, he hosted us. Okay. So he had a house. He's a farmer there, and farm uh, man being a farmhand for for a younger younger man or woman over in New Zealand is really desirable. They have these farm schools. Really? Uh, the, yeah. They in the farm school. It's really really cool. Uh, sheep farming over there is massive. The, the for for meat and the, and the wool. Uh, and what they do with these sheep schools is they take uh, kids. It's like a college almost. Teach them how to cook. They teach them uh-huh. how to you know manage a farm. But the most interesting thing is is they make them go out and buy a border collie, uh, and they have to take this border collie with them everywhere, and they have to train the border collie to herd sheep. So wow. every kid, every kid in the school basically has a border collie attached to their leg, and they have to train it and be able to train border collies and use border collies as a tool in the future. I just thought that was one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time. Yeah, that's pretty cool to think about. Mm-hmm. That's like it's like carrying one of those fake babies around if you're going to be. A, <laughs> like our a, school was our school was cheap. They used to wrap a, a bag of flour up in a in a blanket and put a smiley face on it, and that was the fake baby. <laughs> Seriously, no kidding. What class yeah. was that for? Oh, I, I don't know. I never took it. Probably <laughs> probably some sort of life life science class. You know. Yeah. All the guy. All the guys go to hit on girls and check out you know like other girls like you do for home act and all the other stuff so oh exactly yeah that's just how it goes in the college yeah. life yeah so going on from that um what would you say is the coolest spot you've hunted in, in like the united states so not outside of there united states uh i'm a i'm a canada fan through and through the limits uh the limits and man it goes back again to people yeah you could drive you could drive you can drive up to canada i mean if season were open drive up right now and i would guarantee the first random door you'd knock on would would let you hunt and then when really? you're done with your hunt they'd probably invite you in for some schnapps or uh <laughs> or for dinner or you get their number and you take care of them send them a send them a gift or write them a nice note or get them a bottle of booze yeah and you got you got yourself a hunting spot for life i mean that's just insane yeah i mean if, if i were to leave if i were to leave and go out and drive around in missouri right now i bet you i bet you would take me a thousand thousand doors before i find someone that just oh sure have at it have a great time no kidding you know, doesn't doesn't know me doesn't have anyone already lined up there and so on and so forth so my favorite place to hunt is canada yeah canada yeah that's yep. definitely on my bucket list as well i got yep. it and then the, the ducks the ducks and geese around here the geese feed in dry fields but the ducks around here rarely feed in dry fields so really they figured out here flooded corn versus dry corn the duck's going to go to flooded corn 100 percent of the time over yeah. over the dry corn so everyone and their mom has flooded corn here yeah so they're in they're in flooded corn and they keep the water open these days with pumps and ice eaters and all that stuff and the ducks typically just hang around come nocturnal knowing they're gonna get shot and they avoid flying that time so yeah so is there a lot of outfitters around you guys then no no just like people that freelance it it, no there's no there's really there's nothing to freelance really in my opinion there's, there's there's nothing i wouldn't even know where to start yeah i mean it's all it's clubs is what it is and then probably paid paid permissions and leases and things like that okay so that's a way different vibe than what i'm used to then right like nobody there's a few people that lease up here but not like anything 
insane. Like you can go around and go get permission and whatnot. You just have to go out a little ways, go out west a little bit, and then you'll start finding stuff. That's cool. But nothing like that. Um, right. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Though. Have you taken your uh, – what's that big machine you guys have that, like, can go through it's anything? A, it's called a Sherp. Sherp. Yeah. Yep, Sherp. It's, a, it's an amphibious vehicle, and we bought that kind of along the lines of the, the plane. So we, we got a big lifted truck, and then we're like, oh, what the hell can complement the big lifted truck yeah. is the Sherp, and there's really not much outside <laughs> the Sherp. It's really hard to complement the Sherp. So then we got an airplane. Yeah, uh, and I I don't know what else. The only thing that's left are probably about a helicopter and a rocket ship at this point. So, <laughs> how is having that chirp? Oh, it's a blast! I'm telling you, you drive down the road with that thing, and everybody stops and stares. Cell phones come flying out. Everyone's getting <laughs> pictures. And go to a gas station. The families are getting out of their cars and coming over. And yeah, know, all the kids are kids are like, oh my gosh, look at that! Thing. Look at that! I'm like, oh, get, jump up in it, and you know, everyone's yeah. family's just like, oh, that's such a nice thing to do. And I'm like, that's not a big deal. And yeah. like, yada yada yada. But uh, no, it's a it, it's a real real head turner uh, people get pictures with it and then it just so happens to have a big dive bomb logo on the side so it's like a moving exciting billboard when you're trailering it <laughs> and then when you're off-roading and people are in it it's just pure entertainment it's a freaking blast so yeah do you ever use that out at your place or on your farm uh the, the local one no i've got a place uh northwest missouri in sumner i take it there and uh tool around on it to honestly take take people out we had we had it in the goose festival parade in summer okay uh, we, had, we got a we had a goose costume and the kid was standing on top of it waving throwing out candy and all that stuff yeah um so that's pretty cool but that's main, mainly marketing um, yeah but this weekend this weekend most of the warehouse is going to go out we're going to go to that property all the warehouse guys and managers here that basically work through duck season we're going to leave friday and go hunt uh, friday evening saturday and sunday oh that's awesome so uh i'm gonna take the sherp and probably end up using it so it'll be a great time but yeah sherp the sherp is wild um it's uh it's, it's something special so anyway yeah and yeah you guys have a pretty big warehouse down there don't you well, we're, we're we're growing. We'll just leave it at that. So, yeah. growing in spaces. Uh, funny thing about this, I think leasing a building is is I just I can't stand it. I mean, <laughs> I basically have no other option because I can't afford to put down payment on major yeah. down payment on a building. Nor would I want to because we're growing so fast. Fast, but you get into a building and you think you have all the space, and then you double one year, and then you double again the next year, and all of a sudden you're out of space. So right now I've got. I have, uh, I had one half of a building leased, uh, and it's a basically a two tenant building. Okay. So I had half of that leased. We filled it up. So then I went and got uh, basically a, a warehouse nearby that was pure storage space. So that would be warehouse number two, and then uh, the tenant on the other side of the original lease then left. So uh, we've taken on that now. So we basically have three three facilities warehouse wow. one two and three um so twenty thousand square feet the second one was uh ten thousand square feet and the third one's twenty thousand square feet so it really all it doesn't really make sense uh but if you if you knew the progression of this company it would all kind of you know fall yeah. in place how it all worked out so yeah i think the next move is definitely hopefully just one one big 
contiguous facility, you know, one main office, uh, one set of shipping receiving docks or one set of shipping, one set of receiving docks and so on. And it have more of a flow, but we just, you know, with this starting this company and seeing it grow and everyone learning and taking on new responsibilities and accommodating for the growth, it's just, it's crazy hard to have foresight in every arena. So, yeah. I yeah, like the last thing we, last thing we want to do is go get a building that's going to take us ten years to fill up and be wasting all of our money on rent. So, yeah, yeah. oh, I hear you on that. How many people yeah. do you have working in the warehouse down there? I think there's, I think our total payroll warehouse, I think 12, 13. Oh wow, twelve, thirteen. And then we've got a couple office people on top of that, and then uh, guys that are out in the field. So Asher, Nick, Cade, Forrest, and then one other guy we just recently picked up. So, okay. Yeah. Who's the guy you recently picked up? Is it, I want to say, he's from out west, isn't he? Have you heard of Kyle Jones? Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Two-time, two-time reigning world world uh, goose calling champion, that's him. Yeah. So he's uh, he's just moved. He was with another company in the industry, and uh, I think he was just ready for some life changes. So he and his wife packed up, and they headed out west uh, to Washington State, and that's where he is. So just so happens uh, he's a hell of a guy and influential and uh, really brings a bunch to the table and happens to be on the West Coast, which is a place we're looking to gain some more traction. So, so okay. a major winner. So he's uh, he's on board. Um, and, yeah, just excited to see what all this whole team can put together. So Yeah, absolutely. I saw – yeah, I saw him and Forrest were in uh, Minnesota hunting with um, Jordan DeKyle. A couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think they've they've uh, they've been taking that the little plane around, having a freaking ball. From what it seems like, it's, <laughs> looks like looks like dream jobs to me. If they're listening, so you guys got, got the life out there, living the living in the, the lodges and getting fed, and and uh, yeah, it looks great. So, how often do you get out there and go chase them around? Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've done a Canada trip with my close friend, pers- personal friends the last 12 years. And this was the first year we couldn't do it. And I, I, just, I think it's going to be hard getting everyone back together and doing it after this sudden, sudden like interruption in it. So I uh, typically do a Canada trip 10 days long and then get on the road. I try to hunt around here in November or December. Okay. Uh, stay stay kind of close to the warehouse when things are really heating up. Yeah. And then come January, January, February, I'll get out and jump on trips with these guys and help entertain and um, I guess be on a couple of little videos. But I'm really not the face of this company. It's more, more of those guys out in the field that have the cameras and, you know, behind the camera and, and so on. But I'm basically, basically viewing this company from a mile up and making sure everything's running, shipping, receiving, uh, human resources, I mean, marketing, branding, engineering, all those other things. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, how is COVID affecting you guys down there? You know, uh, it's, uh, is, how has it affected the business directly? Uh, certain guidelines and things like that you have to adhere to for safety purposes. But other than that, I think the industry uh, market as a whole, I mean, when I say outdoor, outdoor industry market as a whole, sorry, is just exploded from COVID because you can't go on your vacation. Yeah. Everyone's sick and tired of sitting at home. And there's safety in the outdoors. I mean, everyone from, heck, golf, hunting, fishing, Heck, I'm sure even tennis is crazy, but you go into a sporting goods store and it's just wiped out. Yeah. So we've basically, COVID has had a positive impact on Dive Bomb as far as sales go to to your everyday customer. 
I don't think that the guides, uh, unfortunately, the guides, especially the Canadian guides, have probably taken a major hit, and I feel bad for them because of you know people couldn't travel to Canada. Yeah. So in that regard, our business suffered just a little bit. But the, your everyday guy that wants to go out and give it a shot, he's ordering right now because he's just bored. Yeah. So and his budget, I guess, has increased. So. Yeah. So yeah. Overall, overall, it's a, I don't think it's had a, a negative impact on us. Yeah, is Missouri very strict about um, COVID? You know, uh, the the cities typically St. Louis, St. Louis, Kansas City, Columbia, Missouri. Those are probably going to be your more tighter areas, just because of the way they they skew politically. Yeah. But uh, once you get outside of the major metropolises or major cities, then basically that's just like, you know, it's I don't think people are paying much attention to it to be honest with you yeah. there's no shop no major gatherings no shopping malls and all that other stuff so i think it's people are being precautious i mean the susceptible people are being cautious but other than that it's pretty much normal yeah oh, i hear you. that's kind of the same deal up here in minnesota like besides the main cities and stuff like that um it's kind of relaxed out out once you get out in those smaller towns yep yeah mm-hmm. But, Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's been crazy. It's been a crazy year for that for sure. Been Absolutely. A, been a lot more hunting for me at least. Well, that's great. Good for you. I guess you got online classes and things like that. You can hit or do whatever you want. I would assume. Oh yeah, like for some of the classes, you're supposed to have your Zoom call like on. So I'll just have it on in the blind, and they'll see me pulling up shooting geese and. Like, Come chance. on. <laughs> They're like, Chance, could you please pay attention? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing my best. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but, That's too cool. Yeah, no, it's been it's been fun been able to been able to get out and do a lot of that kind of stuff and so yeah, I was in North Dakota last week with uh some of my buddies from up there. I I noticed Asher and all those guys hunted with them a couple weeks ago in North Dakota. On their just sm- smack them? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, they've got a, they've got a, that, they've got a heck of a YouTube following going. Oh yeah, yeah, it's been so, it's been pretty rowdy to watch that yeah. happen. Yeah, so they were. I know Asher and him, Asher them had a blast with them. Appreciate the heck out of them, uh, them helping them out and, and getting hunting with them. So, and then the, the videos online they've got going. They've got a great thing going again. So good for them. Yeah, yeah, they had an absolute barn burner that day. They sure did. Like. Incredible, yeah. It's like a, a blizzard and whatnot. I'm sure you can. I don't know if we've got anything on it, but I'm sure you can find it on on Smack 'Em Outdoors on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. The video was insane. Like mm-hmm. super cool to witness. But have you been up to North Dakota at all yourself? Uh, only, only, pa- only passing through. No to kidding. Canada. Yeah. So you got uh, my opinion. I mean, you got. If I'm driving all the way from St. Louis, I can yeah. stop. <laughs> Or I can keep going another what couple hours, and then I'm across the border, and limits are higher, and it's, <laughs> it's a great wide open, and so on and so forth. So, that's yeah, what we've always that's what we've always done. What do you guys mainly chase up there? Are you guys chasing ducks, or like mainly geese, or a little bit uh, both? Around around Greater St. Louis is ducks. It's duck club country. I mean, it's like Anheuser Busch has got a big place. Oh wow! A lot of the, a lot of a lot of the major corporations, um, you know, a big. Massive billion-dollar electrical companies got an old club out here. Wow. Uh, so this place, I think, first club was founded in St. Louis. Uh, first club west of the Mississippi, I think, 
was founded in St. Louis, and I think that was in like 1890 or 1860s or something like that. Jeez. So it's really, there's a big heritage of duck hunting here in St. Louis. Uh, and there's there's old stories or old pictures of all the businessmen going down to Union Station, the train, big train station here in St. Louis, and taking a train up. Uh, tra- train up north and getting dropped off nearby the duck clubs and then the, uh, the covered covered or the wagons and horses and stuff would come pick them up for the weekend that's crazy they go out they go out and hunt and then they get dropped back to, back off the train and then take the train back into the city to go back to work so duck this is definitely duck hunting duck hunting country right around st louis and then you get west and and uh it turns into basically lots of geese, uh, central Missouri, north central Missouri, lots of, I think they think they had a lot of honkers in the past, but a lot of honkers just aren't getting, getting here anymore like they used to. Yeah. But snow, snow goose hunting in Missouri is, is, can be very, very good. Southeast Missouri, uh, is boot heel. It's basically the start of the alluvial valley that leads down into Arkansas. Like it's a, basically the first, first stop for those migrating ducks before they get into Stuttgart in that area. Okay. Um, so they get a lot of birds and then Northwest Missouri, I think Squaw is a major, major snow refuge. Yeah. Like they, they get like, um, I think, I think they have an influx of like a one to 2 million snow geese in the spring, which is just crazy. So that's insane. Yep. So Missouri is a hunting state, I think is, is up there. We got, I mean, turkey hunting here is fantastic. Our, our white tails are, are, get to be giants. Um, the waterfowl is great and, uh, upland games kind of dragging, but yeah that's what you guys that's what you guys got or north dakota's got so yeah our upland game in minnesota is if you get out more west it's pretty good for the pheasants Mm -hmm. um but like if you're gonna go out west it's like you with canada like you might as well just go to south dakota and drive a couple more hours like for sure and the pheasant hunting that out there is unbelievable but it's awesome yeah no it's it's a good town up here i like I like it being cold, so I like living up here. I like the very, very cold temps, but right now it is very warm. How could you? How could you like the very, very, very cold temps? You just you get used to it. Oh yeah, I'm just. I've been living here my entire life, so I guess I'm just used to it, or something like yep. that. Absolutely. But like for the heat in the summer, I hate it. Like I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. Well, this this city is basically surrounded by, I guess, a swamp. And the rivers are right here, so we get all kinds of floods and whatnot. And summers here are just beyond humid, and muggy, and miserable. So 100 degrees and Oof. high humidity is just a recipe for being uncomfortable. But yeah. Anyway, you know it's funny that St. Louis, you know, growing up, growing up here, based just basically because family worked here, and then coming back here, trying to figure out what you're doing and how you how how St. Louis and its location is going to benefit you. So yeah. basically, got lucky, and that St. Louis. And then Missouri, in general, is centrally located in the U.S., so it makes perfect, perfect sense for basically what we have here, yeah. which is a dis- which is a distribution for the, the entire freaking country. And then, <laughs> so that works out great. Transit time. So if we were on the east or west coast, our transit times for shipping to the opposite coast would effectively double. Yeah. So that's great. But the next stop, I think, for us is probably putting uh, a facility up in Canada. So crossing the border and our Canadian customers and and things like that, their transit times are terrible. Um, And then you've got uh, VAT taxes or value added taxes and and preventional preventional duties, I think is what you call it. So duties vary from as they would state to state. Taxes vary from state to state here. They do the same thing for the provinces up in Canada. So 
it would be nice to have something up in Canada where people can basically just order and have their stuff next day and not have to deal with the customs and all that other stuff. So, yeah. Do you guys yeah. do much business outside of like the United States and Canada? So we surprisingly we sell we sell quite a bit to New Zealand. Okay. And then uh, we've got a couple customers in Mexico. Um, we've sent decoys to. Konos, so I think it is called. It's an island off of Greece. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, and then pigeon hunting uh, in Europe is 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 huge. Pigeon hunting in UK is massive. So we sell a lot of pigeons over there, <laughs> and then um, they've got gray lags and pink footed geese. So they use our spec decoys over there to decoy gray lags and specs. So surprisingly, surprisingly, uh, there are quite a few customers over there. Okay. So it's it just shocking. I wish I wish we had one of those boards you put pins on for everywhere randomly sold uh, <laughs> ever, throughout the world. You know, that'd be pretty freaking cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome to see. Yeah, absolutely. But Yeah, no, the pigeon hunting, pigeon hunting, so they're really big into that up there then. Oh, uh, man, I think they're major, major pests and hard on their agriculture up there. And then they've, they've turned it into a sport, so they... Uh, and for as long as I've known, they get dressed up and, you know, they're, they're twill caps and vests and and tall boots and socks and stuff. And they go out and shoot uh, double, you know, side by sides and make like a, you know, old world kind of traditional type hunting out of this thing. So that's really cool. Yeah, it is, it's interesting. Like, to say the least. Yeah. It's a lot different than what we do for pigeon hunting around here. Yeah, I know. Just, you know, free for all down here. A frame, <laughs> blast them up, you know. Oh, yeah. Put the extended tubes on. And... Oh, yeah. That's a freaking pigeon hunting. I'm telling you, that's one of the most underrated, underrated style of decoy hunting, decoying birds that there is out there. That can be a total freaking blast. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Like some of the spots we'll have up here, like you just go to a random farm and set up your pigeon decoys and A-frame and then you just have an absolute massacre. And it's yeah. like, do and that during the summer. Big feather poofs that come gliding in all big. Yeah. Yeah. They it's work just like every other um, waterfall. Like they're just yeah. like ducks, just like geese. Whatever it is, they come in, just lock up and boom. Yep, very cool. Yeah, do you guys do much pigeon hunting down in St. Louis at all? <laughs> not that I I have not pigeon hunted in St. Louis once. I've pigeon hunted in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, a buddy of mine worked at a stockyard there, so every time the, the feed trucks would come out and and put feed out for the cattle, then all the pigeons would automatically fly in. So we basically would go run defense on all those troughs <laughs> out there. And I'm telling you, that's that is hilarious. Shooting shooting pigeons and walk, watching them land dead into a, a group of cows and looking at the cows turn their heads sideways and wondering what the hell just happened is pretty funny. <laughs> oh yeah, and they don't taste that bad. Have you ever tried one? Honestly, I haven't. Yeah, they aren't as bad as most people think. Like we tried yeah. them for the first time last year, and it wasn't. I thought it'd be way worse, and it wasn't. It t- tastes like a dove or what? Yeah, kind of like a little more gamey. Um, yeah, but like it's kind of the same gist that you get from a dove. Gotcha. But yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. So and then for your guys is social media and all that kind of stuff um you guys have literally everything you got youtube you got your podcast and then you got like field time with forest 
Yep. And, so we've got uh, YouTube. We've got a couple different series going on. We've got uh, dive bomb original films, which are like, uh, you know, take you on, take you on a hunt, just show you all the banging up, the setup, and all that stuff, and just basically the whole whole hunt from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Death from Below, which is basically uh, a lot of drone footage uh, and helping basically showing our setup and how they look from aerial perspective and then rationalizing and justifying why we did things this way and basically helping helping people learn how to set spreads with our decoys and then field facts with Forrest is basically uh, it's a Q&A Q&A bit uh, people submit questions and Forrest will go in and answer them and I think that series is improving we're getting more visuals and probably going to incorporate some of his stuff in the field in there this year. Uh, take it from basically like uh, talking behind a desk to a more in-depth, uh, you know, in the field, field facts with Forrest. So he's got a wealth of knowledge. He's, he's a great mentor for basically everyone in the waterfowl industry. So that's that show. If you're into learning about waterfowl hunting, that's that's really the one I would I would touch on. Or yeah. go, go check out. So, but yeah, YouTube. Those are our series basically on YouTube. Uh, basically, for every product we have and sell on our website, we have a short clip of, of the unboxing it there. So if you're uncertain about what actually the contents are or how to set them up, uh, you can check them out uh, on YouTube. Uh, and then from YouTube, obviously, our Instagram following is awesome, uh, very interactive uh, on that platform. Stories run all day, every yeah. day, uh, posts, uh, great great photography some short video clips uh and then we roll into facebook and we've really got a heck of a, a private forum and fan group going on there i think i looked at it thirty-six thousand followers and that's uh <laughs> and if, if you want to get in, a, in on the new products and in the know on what's what the up-and-coming products are for us and catch first releases and limited releases that's really where you need to be <clears throat> and then uh, we've got some tiktok going yeah and um and then ultimately the website, which is has a bunch of stuff on it also. So, yeah, I think most of the bases are covered. Oh yeah, and I yep. I love watching those videos because like really shows you if you're new to like setting out spreads and stuff like that, it's a great tool to use. Absolutely, like, yep, it is. From an aerial perspective, from a bird's eye perspective, it's just an in, it's a very interesting point of view on, on a decoy setup, and I don't think anyone's off basically doing that at this point. So, yeah, and for all innovative, the, innovative little little series. So, yeah, yeah, for all the new guys that are switching from full bodies to silhouettes and really trying to learn how to use them, it's absolutely. a great it's a great key to success. Yeah, the funniest thing about the silhouette is, is it's been around for a long time. I mean, this is, I mean, I, I can't tell you how long they've been around from, but I've, I've had people come in and tell me they have silhouettes made early 1900s and all the way through even current day. Yeah, and it's basically it's it's been I think an under under marketed. Uh, underexposed waterfowling tool that is very substantial and effective Where, whereas it went from you know it was basically a filler type decoy or or a, like a like a aberrant you know oh this guy runs silos he's a, he's a he's a little different kind of thing to yeah. the norm now so where a full silo spread is is as effective or maybe not more effective than a, than a full body spread so we've taken it basically from being in the shadows and exposed the full potential of the silhouette created a quality product that looks phenomenal that's uh more than affordable and it's just been a deadly combination for this company one and for our consumers yeah and uh we've listened to our consumers and basically filled 
uh, our product line with items that basically have, have come per request. So it's been, been a lot of fun. Yeah. I remember when I uh, picked up my first pack and I had a couple of buddies that were like, that'll never work. And they run all full bodies and now they've all switched. They're like, well, I guess, yeah, I guess they work now. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> ease of, ease of use, ease of use to set up and take down just doesn't even compare. No. I mean, it, it makes hunting so much easier and enjoyable, uh, and especially from like a guide standpoint. And then when you then when you get down to hunting lessers, it, hunting lessers, I mean, you're throwing eighty dozen out, hundred dozen out. I mean, yeah. you couldn't you you could never do that before <laughs> unless you were just full blown sponsored by some decoy company and had a production going on. Yeah, you, you couldn't. You weren't mobile. Yeah, you, you couldn't get a you couldn't afford it. You didn't have a trailer space, and you didn't have the manpower to set up and take down eighty, a hundred dozen a day. And it's just really revolutionized uh you know the larger group hunting like lessers and then you know the silhouettes for snows i think are that are hopefully going to end up being the next big rage so we're going to yeah. try to make a try to make a push on that yeah and even like walking stuff in if you oh, have yeah, to walk, walk in, in like you bet. wet wet fields and and then public walk-in and all that stuff they're phenomenal for that yeah i would not want to carry a bunch of full bodies out half a mile and then let's say you don't shoot anything that day or you get super uh bad weather or something and then you're screwed like you're like ah well that was stupid to bring all those full bodies out when you can just rip a bunch of dive bombs and it's a cakewalk like it's super easy yep and then making changes in your spread or shifting your spread and all that stuff you know if what you think is the x the night before you set up in the pitch black darkness at you know 4 a.m. the next day and you may be off by 100 yards and that make that may make all the difference in the world yeah so pull pull your spread throw them in your layout drag your layouts over to where those birds are flying get underneath them and it's just night and day oh exactly and I, like even if you shoot one too like i'll have a couple buddies that have shot them you can you can beat them up pretty good and they still look phenomenal and then, oh, it's, there's some guys out there that have been that still run the original version so yeah yeah no yeah, i stay one you can blow up a full body pretty easily but it takes it takes time to beat up a dive bomb like mm-hmm. shooting wise yep well heads don't fall off yeah wind doesn't the wind doesn't blow them over and so on and so forth so you can pound them into the ice like yeah and then you know what else the snow the snow does not build on them yeah so that's a super interesting cool. yeah yep. you guys have you guys have crushed on that and uh i noticed you guys got your new snow is out as well the more detailed ones those are yep. badass so yeah more de- more detailed snow has been requested so finally finally got everything cycled out and into the new one so it's got so detailed snow the head in particular has got uh that rusty iron a little bit of that rusty iron look on it uh, yeah and then more feathered details yeah they look phenomenal so yeah. very life very life 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 looking silhouette out for snow so yeah what would you say yeah. your guys' most bought product is? Uh, anything at this point, anything honker. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so volume, we do we push a lot of volume with the snows and the snow socks, uh, but that's typically, you know, you, you less customers and the shopping cart is usually higher. It's usually guys pushing hundred dozen, two hundred dozen plus. So yeah. You get ton tons of ones and twos. We ship that uh, five dozen 
when you buy with us, you, you've got options as far as quantities go. If you buy a dozen versus buying a five dozen pack, five dozen creates efficiency here. So we basically pass that on to you. So buying five dozen versus one dozen, you save on the dozen price. So five dozen silhouettes. If I were starting out, I'd say get five dozen either V2s or V2Fs and a bag and build from there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more because honestly, if you're hunting geese, you don't need a huge spread if you're on the X, like up here at least. Right. Like if you're hunting big honkers, it's not a big deal to run five dozen. Yep. Just stay hidden. Five dozen full bodies is a, is a ton. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, so and you can set up five dozen and break them down in, you know, minutes. So yeah. And throw them in the back of your car, your truck and whatever else. So yeah, I mean, I think yeah no it was like last year when we were throwing out because we were throwing a big traffic spread for geese i it was like us three guys and i think i threw out like 40 dozen silhouettes in like 30 minutes or like between two guys and it was a cakewalk that's awesome yep well that's what they're for good for you yeah so it's been a blast it's been good yeah no but um and then you guys got all this new like bags and gun cases and stuff too how did you get into that so um there was a a a bag line opportunity that presented itself for us um did did um, some testing prototype design work but uh we've got uh now we've got a, a tarpaulin line which is basically a dry bag a material used for dry bags and uh, we've got a pretty comprehensive line of bags so we have a gun case a blind bag a dry bag a cooler Jeez. a duffel bag and then like a, a dob kit or shower type kit that pairs with the uh the traveler duffel bag so very cool line we're offering that they're offering that in two colors uh we've got a green color and then basically a light tan khaki color that those are going to be offered and then they'll be available hopefully they'll be available in time for everyone to have them you know for christmas if we get them here the first couple weeks or yeah, first couple weeks of december we'll list them and hopefully people have them for christmas so limited quantities on those uh they're they are freaking awesome uh, they're the quality is phenomenal the function is phenomenal and the pricing will also be phenomenal it's phenomenal yeah. just like the rest of our products so <laughs> yeah so yeah if you want one of those you better jump on it that's all I gotta say yeah no kidding and then I noticed Asher was saying some stuff about an A-frame have you guys made any uh, release dates for that yet no no release dates I have uh, our latest prototype actually just just got walked in here as as we're on the phone in a box looking at me right now so as soon as we get off this call I'm gonna cut it open and see where we're at so a frame uh, flag backboard Jeez. and then uh, a bunch of other stuff coming down the pipe so no kidding well that'll be yep. awesome then yeah be- should be should be very cool That'll be sweet. And then, yeah, I know we're uh, running on time here. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, but before we head off, is there anything else that you wish we would have went over? Um, mm, wish we would have went over. No, you know what? I, I, I appreciate you and what you're trying to do and starting a podcast and basically starting something from nothing. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's a lot of guys that wouldn't take the time out of there day to help someone like you or any of these other guys trying to get something going but i can totally relate to the i hate to call you kid but young guy yeah uh trying to get something started that that's uh, involves their passion um so man if i leave you with anything i'll leave you with some advice man 
the time the time and effort on this kind of thing is basically the most overlooked factor there is when someone says they want to start a company i can basically tell in the tone of their voice and, and their attitude whether or not it's going to be a success i mean if you want something to be a major major success or to be successful time yeah. and consistency uh, is basically what you're going to have to contribute to it because dive bomb is not an overnight success and everyone sees that they're the social media media following is just growing like crazy everyone assumes this is an overnight success but it has not been it's been early failures it's been uh you know starting from scratch reinventing and basically just staying on it and uh you know not growing obviously you don't want to grow slow but you don't want to grow too fast that you lose control and have to sell yourself out and yeah and go on avenues that you don't think are best for the company because you're short on cash or and whatnot but anyway time consistency effort and all that stuff are really what are what make the wheels go around and then you can't forget your customers customer service and product support and warranty and backing of your product it has to be just in line with everything else so yeah anyway that's that's what i got for you I appreciate that so much, Cody. Thank yep, you very much. Absolutely. It was a blast having you on today, and I hope everything yep. goes well, and hope you like that new A-frame you got. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep, and good, best of luck to you. Good luck hunting. I wish the uh, most success for, for the podcast and every endeavor you take on from here forward. So thanks again have, for having me on. Yeah, thanks, Cody. I'll yep. talk to you later. Okay, right, sounds bye. good. Bye. And that wraps things up today for Living the Guide Life, episode 23 with Cody Stokes. We digged into a bunch of stuff today about some really cool trips to, you know, New Zealand and how it all started in uh, Missouri and his college life about hunting ducks and geese on public land and how it just turns into something great like this that he's been able to accomplish and the warehouses he's got going on with the amount of people he's you know putting to work and really helping out the um outdoor industry and everything like that so it was really fun to talk to him and i hope you guys enjoyed it